Angela Yee and Charlemagne the God. Wake that ass up. The Breakfast Club is on. Right. I love coming here. I'm never not going to come here. You guys are good to me and return. I'm always going to be good to you. For a lot of people in the hip-hop generation, The Breakfast Club is where people get the information on the topics, on the artists, and everything like that. In that aspect, radio is still important. The Breakfast Club. When my name come up, respect it. Good morning, USA. Yo, 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 Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ MV. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. Guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Hump day. Yes. Wednesday, hump day. I'm in here, eyes burning. Who stayed you know, up late watching Versus? Probably oh, Red because, you know, the locks and the dipset have no respect for their 40-plus-year-old fans. Which not is, at all. Which is 90% of us. All right, <laughs> so you still think dipset won? No. No, dipset did not win. Because you kept saying they was going to win. Well, no. I thought dipset was going to ring off more, but they did not. And you know what I realized last night about Versus? Um, now that Versus is outside, it's all about the live performance because dipset just simply got out outperformed last night. The locks were better showmen, especially... Jada Kiss. Drop on the clues box for Jada Kiss. Yeah. Lord have mercy. That was like I the, said. That was one of the greatest performances in Madison Square Garden ever. Willis yes. Reed when he limped out. Jordan when he dropped 55 into 45. Nah, forget you in. Uh Frazier when he beat Ali. Okay. <laughs> Reggie John Miller when Stokes. he scored. No, 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 no. Reggie Miller when he scored nine points in eight seconds. We're talking about the top performances in MSG ever. That's what Jada Kiss ranks. Yes, okay. he definitely he definitely killed it. And I, I'm not gonna lie, I thought Dipset had it until I was in Atlanta about a week ago when I ran into Styles P cousin. Uh his name is Bart. You know Bart used to manage yeah, uh, Bow Wow. Yeah, that's Styles P cousin. I didn't know that. So he came and he sat at my table. He was like, I, we were talking about it. He said, Look, you don't understand. He said the locks have been put practicing for the last three weeks. They're taking tell. this serious. Like they're not playing, they're acting like this is their last show ever. He was like, they're gonna win. And I told you, I said, look, I feel like they're gonna be more organized than Dipset. Well, it's about and preparation. I, and I said yep. that from the beginning. I was like, they've been getting together. If you know the locks, you know how serious they are about their yes. shows, their performances. And that's exactly what happened. And their lyricists, they get busy. Like, they get busy, busy. Yeah, busy. but you, you can be, you can be a dope lyricist and not have a great stage show. The locks no, had they, a great stage show last practice. night. And then they, and their DJ, DJ technician, DJ technician, technician and Jada Kiss was running the pick and roll all night last night. All night long. Because <laughs> I was like, they both DJ. got 20 songs. They could go up against each other. It's going to be all about how you play it. It wasn't even about the music last night. How you prepare. Night. Yeah, and, it wasn't even about mm-hmm. the music. Nope. It was just it was literally just about the live performance. And, and if, that's, if that's what Versus is going to be going forward, because since everybody's outside, people are going to have to have their live show game up. Goodness gracious, they killed that last night, man. No, they did was, such a great was, job. Shout to Dipset and shout to the locks. I mean, what y'all pulled off last night was amazing. There was a couple of times where I, it got a little scary. Mm-hmm. Didn't, um, didn't make me miss outside. Nah, didn't make me nah, miss nah, outside. Me miss going outside. to performances like that. I, I seen the, the old Styles Mm-mm. P coming back out, and I got nervous for a little bit. <laughs> Thank but, goodness um, he's a vegan. <laughs> yeah, good, yeah, good. Step vegan, he almost had meat last night. Goodness uh, gracious. 752 people on stage for no reason. Looking like okay. Lollapalooza. Nobody got time. Nobody got time for that. But it was great. It was a great. It was app. It was but we're gonna app. recap all of that during rumor report. Nah, that was a great versus. That Absolutely. was that was. It was a very intense versus as well. Great yes. way to set off a tour, right? Yeah. Good luck with that tour. Goodness gracious. Well, it's gonna be a good one. But well, the locks got their stage show ready. But that's, <laughs> right. that's a fact. All right. Well, we have a, a author joining us this morning, Malcolm Gladwell. He's been on the show uh, numerous times. He's back up here this morning. Malcolm Gladwell is more than an author. Malcolm Gladwell is just a, a thought leader. 
Okay. There you go. Perfect way to say it. A author, thought leader. Author of such great books as Outliers and, you know, Talking to Strangers and The Tipping Point and Blink, What the Dog Saw, David and Goliath. I think I've read pretty much everything. And he has his own podcast out. network. His own podcast network, yes. Yeah, he's got his own very successful podcast, Revisionist History. It's on, like, season six. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so he'll be here to discuss the new season of Revisionist History, amongst other things. All right. Well, let's get the show cracking. Front page news. What are we talking about? Well, since we're talking about last night, let's discuss New York City, what the requirements will be to go to restaurants, indoor entertainment venues and gyms. And clearly it hasn't kicked in yet. All right. We'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Now, the U.S. women's basketball team defeated Australia 79-55. The U.S. Uh, women's team will play Serbia in the semifinals on Friday. Congratulations okay. to the women's team. Yes. Salute to Asia Wilson, the 803 all day, playing on the all women's right. team. DeMar DeRozan signed with the Bulls. Carmelo Anthony signed with the Lakers. And Andrew uh, Andre Drummond signed with the 76ers. So. Yeah, DeMar DeRozan said F the Knicks, huh? Yeah. About yeah. Two days ago, they said he, he was close to signing to the Knicks. I don't know how true that was, but. Yeah, they also said Melo might be coming back to the Knicks, too, but he went to the Lakers as well, so. All right. Well, since you're talking about... Melo was at Versus last night, too. Yeah, Melo was at Versus mm-hmm. with Pecos. They called me before they went. You know, and and I'm sorry, New Yorkers, but if Melo gets a ring, it's going to feel like the Knicks got a ring to me. No, I want Melo to get a ring. Shut yes, it is. I want Melo to get a ring. Stop saying things just to say uh, No, I'm serious. What him I'm, getting I'm, a ring with the Lakers have to do Because I want Melo. Melo is such a New Yorker to me, and <laughs> New York did okay. Melo so dirty. I want Melo to get a ring. You know, how many people in, you know how many people from New York got rings that play in the NBA? <laughs> okay, knock it off. No, New York well, did Melo dirty, and he deserves it. Since we're talking about New York City, they are going to require proof of vaccination to get into restaurants fitness centers, and indoor entertainment venues. They announced this yesterday. The city will start enforcing this program on September 13th. So, according to uh, the mayor, about 55% of residents are fully vaccinated, and that doesn't seem very high, but it's higher than the total vaccination rate in the U.S., which is at about 50%. Here is de Blasio. The key to NYC pass will be a first-in-the-nation approach. It will require vaccination for workers and customers in indoor dining, in indoor fitness facilities, indoor entertainment facilities. This is going to be a requirement. The only way to patronize these establishments indoors will be if you're vaccinated, at least one dose. Time for people to see vaccination as literally necessary to living a good and full and healthy life. How long is that going to last? Well, it starts September 13th, and Broadway theaters have announced that they'll require vaccinations for the audience and for the staff at least through the month of October. I wonder if, I wonder if uh, businesses will start pushing back against that if it starts impacting their business. Like, if it's just not enough vaccinated people to sustain uh, good business. I wonder if they'll push back. I don't think, I, I mean, I don't think, even if they do, I don't think it matters. I mean, I think they're going to require it, and it is what it is at this point. And does having at least one shot matter? Because I, I, I got a homie who got one shot, and they're going through it right now with COVID. Uh... I mean, this is what yeah. they're saying. The requirements are it does protect you some way. But vaccinations, again, even if you're fully vaccinated, it doesn't fully protect you. Yeah, this person is sick, sick. All right. The CDC has also announced that they are going to have a limited targeted eviction moratorium until early October, till October 3rd. So this new moratorium comes um, and it's going to apply to areas, uh, areas of the country with high or substantial transmission of covid According to the announcement, this will cover 80% of U.S. counties and 90% of the U.S. population. 
And so Biden's aides have been saying that he lacks the legal authority to renew the existing moratorium because of a Supreme Court opinion by Justice Brett Kavanaugh that said another extension would require congressional approval. So this is different right now. And so now they're saying this is from the CDC. So it's targeted eviction moratoriums until early October. That's if you have a high or substantial transmission of COVID in that area. Mm. The people need that right now. Because yes, it's a health do. crisis and a housing mm-hmm. crisis simultaneously. And that is your front page news. All right. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, phone lines are wide open. 800-585-1051. Hit us up right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up. Wake your ass. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Morning. Morning, morning. Yo, Get it off your chest, bro. Morning, morning. Peace, King. Rick, what's happening, Rick? Oh, man, I'm recovering from last night, bro. My <laughs> voice is shot from, from rapping all the verses and, and from all that tension, from all being on stage. I thought that was going to happen last night. That's how I you thought know so, how too. Yeah, they don't care nothing about their 40-plus-year-old fans. Like, we're now, not Rick, majority oh, of their fan base. Man. Were you there or were you at home watching? I was at home watching, but okay. I felt like I was there because I had anxiety the whole night watching it. Yeah, I put my mask you know? on as I was watching it. You stupid. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, yo. My wife was telling me to shut up. Like, <laughs> but I, I had a good time last night. Uh, Hip Hop won last night. It did. Uh, no, sure. that, that was different. It did. Yeah, Jada Kiss stamped his name in the book of, 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 of Hall of Fame for rapper. I mean, he was already there, but he put his name on the top upper echelon last night. Yeah, oh, Jay, I mean, uh, that, that was KRS one level MCing from Jada Kiss last night on that stage. Killed it. He did such a good job, man. How does he remember all those rhymes? I always say that with artists like Hove, too. Like, how do you remember that catalog of, of continuous albums, mixtapes, and all that? But that's what they do. Thank you for calling in, brother. Hello, who's this? What's going on, man? This is Jordan from Charlotte, North Carolina. What's up, bro? Get it off your chest. Yeah, man, talk about the uh, the, the verses from last night, man. Yes, yes sir. Yeah, uh, man, it, it was just like they just—you could just tell that the Locks was actually a group, and they've been together doing this for a long time because they was just together. And it was like, you know, I was—I'm a big Dipset fan, and if they were just more organized, they were. And you know, it, it would have been a lot better. And then Zeke, uh, Freaky Zeke was all over the stage. <laughs> like, Freaky. I'm like, yo, it's going crazy out here. They need to relax. They just needed to and prepare a good stage um, show. That's all. If they had prepared a stage show, it would have been better. That's all. The Locks yeah. had an amazing stage show. They you did. think that yeah. um, they was mad for real at any point? Yes. Um, nah, man. Yes. Nah, they cool, man. They yeah. Boys, I, they, 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 they in their 40s, man. They ain't got time to be <laughs> No, nah, I, I think but, uh, there was a couple of times we got a little awkward. One time when Styles P was rapping and, and, and Cam tried to kick him. Oh. <laughs> he's about to throw his shoe off. I, that, that one got a little hey, funny, Jada too. Jada ripped Jules bandana off. Threw it to the floor. Threw it to the floor. I was like, it might get a little crazy. But that's the that's the locks that I remember. I was waiting like, for an SMD. It felt like an SMD was coming at any moment. It was this <laughs> one. Moment. It was this one moment with Jada and I think Cam was going back and forth. But I was like, yo, an yeah. SMD coming, bro. But they said that at the end. Shut the f up. Yeah, he said shut the f up. But they were at the end. They said, uh, you know, we promised that we wouldn't invite anybody to our body parts. They did say that at the end. So maybe that was (laughs) one of the things. That you have to put that out there too. (laughs) And I like, you know what else I like? I like the fact that they were were editing themselves because you know a 
a, a couple of uh, choice words flew that wouldn't fly in 2021 at that first. That is correct. But then they edited themselves later. Yes. All right. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Yo, what up, Breakfast Club? What up? Honda Civic. Honda Civic. Yo, what's poppin', man? I'm excited about that car show you got going on. Okay. You got a Honda Civic? Yeah, of course. Don't you got the Honda Civics at the show? Yeah, I got some hot Civics. What's, what's on your Civic? What's your Civic look like, bro? Well, check this out, man. If you play, if you play the song of the Honda Civic, I'm sure you'll change your mind about including all the Honda Civics in the car show. No, I invite Honda Civics in the car show if they hot. I don't, I don't care about the song. What, what the car look like, though? You haven't heard the song? Yep. You're a liar. Why would it's you lie to him like that? Envy? Honda, Honda Civic. Honda, Honda Civic. Vroom, Honda, Honda, Honda Civic. Is this the setup, Charlamagne? You know hey. this is the setup to be like, I'm going to let me play it right now. Come Honda on, Civic, I hope that you take it. If you Google it right now, it'll come up. See? Honda Civic, I hope you're taking care of yourself because, you know, with a nickname like Honda Civic, you got to live a long time, okay? No, little Honda Civic, bro. I don't care what <laughs> little, if it's little, little or big. You still got to live a long time, okay? Honda Civics usually get about 300,000 miles on them. It can last more than 20 years, okay? If you maintain it well. I guess he had nothing else to say. But yes, the car show is August 14th. It's in 10 days. And if you have a Honda Civic and it's hooked up, we want your Honda Civic too. Hello, who's this? What up? What up? It's Justin Queens. Queens, what up? Get it off your chest. Yo, I am super tight about the dipset versus the lock battle last night. What happened? <laughs> you didn't what? enjoy it? You the, didn't the, enjoy the, it? The, the, the lock no, just, you, you no. thought dipset was going to show up more, right? Son, I feel like it's the Mandela effect. Y'all can tell you what that? Nah, what's the Mandela effect? The Mandela effect is like a false memory. In my memory, I felt like Dipset had way more hits until Jada Kiss destroyed that. I'm so hurt right now. Nah, you're not wrong about that. They do, but I mean, the Locks got a bunch of culture on anthems, and they just had a better stage show last night. They sure did. Nah, the Locks cheated, bro. The Locks cheated. Jada Kiss is top five dead or alive over everything. That's, that, it, that's no, that is a that's fact. no question. They didn't cheat now. They, that's a fact. They right understood there. the assignment. Yeah, that's all. They did. That, that's <laughs> all. When you saw Jada come out there with his Tims and his camouflage shorts on, you already <laughs> knew what it was. Absolutely. And, but they, and, and when, ready, ready, they was ready to fight. Got a knife somewhere nearby. They was ready to fight last. And it's just little things like when Styles P yelled out, "I ain't losing to nobody wearing leather pants." Like they just, <laughs> just little things like that. They kind of just set the stage for. That's all. I felt it. But yo, breakfast club pretty all right, man. Have a good one, brother. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up. Now we got rumors on the way. Man, we might as well get right into verses. We do have some of the highlights from last night's show in case you didn't have a chance to see it or you want to reminisce and talk about it with us. All right. We'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. Well, versus was last night. It was the locks versus Dipset. And, you know, there were some people who were so sure that Dipset was going to win. But, you know, last night, we have to say it, the locks really delivered. And I saw a lot of people online that were like, yeah, Dipset got this, whatever. But that, that, that's not a bad pick, though. I mean, it's Dipset. Yeah, nobody's saying it's a bad pick. Yeah. I'm just telling you what happened in actuality. And last night, the locks really came through and shined. And a lot of people were giving credit to Jadakiss as well 
for really just making sure everything was on point for stage presence and all of that, right? But they all were very entertaining. So early on in the battle, we saw that Jadakiss had some issues and called out Cameron for basically rhyming over the tracks. We in New York, right? Why these <laughs> keep rhyming over the words? Y'all could have stayed in the car and listened to Apple Music Yo, today. we know that SOPs is shit. Can I talk? They gonna let talk. Let me talk. Let me talk. Talk, talk, talk. Yo, why y'all doing what? I said talk, talk, talk. on your part. Shut the fuck up, dude. You on our time. Now I'm not. They talk now. You causing the distraction. Listen, listen. New York, they causing the distraction. This is hip hop. We in the Mecca of New York. Yo, Tech, let's make something happen. Mm -mm. I thought an SMD was going to fly around that time. I didn't think they was going to make it to 10 songs. Even in the very beginning of this battle, it was a whole thing back and forth of who was going to go first, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like, set it off then. Set it off then. (laughs) Because he was like, this is New York. We're from Harlem. This is our home. This is our home. We're visiting. Yeah, Yeah, y'all from here. Listen, Versus is different now that folks outside. You got to have your show game right. And the lock showed a lot of artists, uh, you know, young artists, old artists, how important having a great stage show is. Absolutely. You can have all the bangers like Dipset has and still come up short because you don't have a great live stage show. All right. Now, Cameron had an issue with the locks doing all about the Benjamins. Yo, Tech, not only do we got heads, that's my that we rock. What y'all gonna do? That's my shit. Thank you, What y'all gonna do? Thank you, man. 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 Thank you, Sit down, man. Oh, it was so disrespectful, but it was all love, you know, for a moment. Uh, there were some tense moments, but it definitely was all love. Now, there was also a point where every time they came back to the stage, there was more and more people on that stage. Like I said, it was looking like Lollapalooza in the garden at the Hulu Theater, and they had to clear the stage, and that was for both crews. What's the stage about to collapse? Yo, kill him! Hold on, though. Yo, kill him! Don't just back up. Move Walk back, yo. Steps. Y'all gotta get, Y'all gotta all get all off. Y'all gotta get off. 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 Everybody, both sides. Both sides. Get off the stage. Yeah, outside, they side. Both sides, get off. The ones who think that it's not me, get off the stage, too. I wasn't shocked that there was mad people on the stage just because that's New York and that's, you know, hip-hop, right? But it, I'd be shocked that it took them so long to get off. Because <laughs> like, everybody wanted to why leave. Wouldn't, why wouldn't y'all get off the everybody stage? Everybody want to be on stage. Because everybody's somebody's people. Now, that's my brother. That's my fam. But, you know, Still, you want the show. You even see Fat Joe's not on stage. He's watching. Like, go Carmelo, enjoy yourself. Yeah. Peckers. But my thing is, it's like it's not about y'all. It's about the show. Absolutely. Like, get off the stage. All right, now after that, there was a point where Cameron, um, things didn't go so well at this point during the uh, verses. Since we ain't got no bars, right? Let's go. If a nigga got a problem with me, you know my slogan, go get your gun. Cop told my car in 10 minutes, I'm in a different one, yeah. That's how I'm living, son, and check it, I'm not dissing, son. Yeah, they can't do that, I'm not dissing, son. Styles was talking crazy. Yes, thank you. Oh. You got a problem with me, you know my slogan, you go get that gun. You know it, yeah, exactly. You got a problem with me, you know my slogan, you go get that gun. Oh, sh- oh, yeah. okay, y'all got it. Uh, that's not that's not the boo you get when you whack though, because Dipset's not whack, Cam's not whack. That's just that light boo. It you wasn't get. right at that moment. That's the light boo you <laughs> get when your fans are just disappointed. 
That's all. They expected it seemed you, like they he wasn't prepared they, at that moment. Yeah, he wasn't. They, he wasn't prepared. It was yeah. Jada Kiss was getting him out of his own. Y'all ain't got no balls. So he wanted to show I got balls. It, and it they wasn't had part of the jokes plan. too, because you know those those jokes was hurting too. <laughs> like the way they was talking to each other. I know yeah. it, you know how to get under somebody's now skin. Let's not, get it, let's not get it twisted. Cameron can spit. Yeah. Yes. Cameron has balls. Cameron can spit. Hundred percent. Mm-hmm. All right, but let's be clear. It's very obvious that the locks did a lot to prepare. They for did. This. You could tell. Absolutely. Now, let's and they are friends with each other. They are going on tour together. So while it might seem like there was some tense moments, they always come back to the fact that this was a peaceful battle. Yeah, I saw something last night. They announced the eight cities last night, right? Yeah, well, eight cities. Here's how it ended. We said we was gonna talk about each other. It was gonna be no invite to the French stand. No face strikes, but we said we're going to make this a show for y'all. First, everybody in this mother if you got here safe tonight, you're going to leave the same way. Nobody going to jail tonight in New York City. No shooting, no stabbing, no none of that s***. Everybody in the building, throw peace sign in the air, please. Peace signs up, everybody, peace signs up. Now close your peace sign, because we are all one, white, black, Latin, whatever the f*** you are. We all one, and on the count of three, we're going to say peace in this mother One, two, Three, Listen, salute to the locks and dip set, man. But you got to drop on the clues bonds with Jada Kiss. Jada Kiss had an NBA Finals MVP performance. He sure did. He was carrying it like KD without Kyrie and Harden in the first half. His energy and will set the tone for the whole night. I've never seen a rapper in the zone. I've seen athletes in the zone, but never a rapper. That like that was KRS one levels of crowd control. Jada was displaying last night. Jada did an uh, immaculate job. He did his damn thing. Top he took five. to social media. He said, New York City, we did it. Shout out to Dipset. It was a great night for hip-hop. Uh, Joel said, great night, New York City for the win. But you definitely got that MVP, my boy. Love you, bro. Styles P said, love is love. Hell of a night for the city. For the youth who didn't know about us, now you know. Mm. For the non-believers, now you believe. Back to the regular program of doing cool middle-age-ish and pushing health out to folk. Ghost and I'm ghosting. <laughs> hey, man, J- Jada put on top five performances in the MSG garden history last day. That's a Willis Reed limping into game seven in 1970. Jordan dropping 55 while wearing the 45. Frazier beating Ali. Reggie Miller scoring eight points in nine seconds. Jadakiss last night at versus. Top Ewing, five MSG Starks. moments. Stop. Those aren't top five MSG moments. You can't even name the moments. You just name the names. I am because they had so many great moments. <laughs> no, they didn't, man. Down to my New York Come Knicks. On, so many great Knock moments in there. Willis he, still, he still wants Carmelo to get a ring. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I, I Carmelo get a ring, the Knicks get a ring. Carmelo coming to the Knicks was a great moment. Yes. Man, stop. stop. All right, well, that is your rumor report. Styles dropped 29 points and 11 assists, too. Sheik Luch had 18 rebounds, six blocks, zero points, but his presence on defense. Yo, shut up, man. His presence on defense in the boards was felt. Dropping shut a close ball for the locks. Okay? All right. It did that feel was... like staying up last night to watch a West Coast NBA playoff game, though. That's why I'm in here yawning this morning, but it was worth it. All right. When we come back, we got front page news. What are we talking about, Yee? Uh, let's talk about Andrew Cuomo, New York's governor, and some of the reports that have come out about him from the attorney general as far as harassing multiple women. All right. We'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Angela here, and the General Insurance has been helping people save money for nearly 60 years. Take a closer look at the General and get the great low rates and quality coverage you deserve. For a hassle-free quote today, call 800-GENERAL or go to thegeneral.com. Some restrictions apply. We just did all that versus and then you're going to do this? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you Jeez. want to happen, sir? I, I just want more excitement. Now you just got me all excited. Now you're just bringing me down. All right. Pause. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We I don't are the think Breakfast you should pause. Club. Tyler the Creator wouldn't pause, so why should you? You're right. 
let's get in some front page news. Now, did you see Tyler, the creator, said that, uh, I don't want to misquote him, but that uh, he was really uh, turned on by Jadakiss and his confidence and all that? I did see that. Hmm. All right. Well, the women's basketball team, they defeated Australia 79-55. DeMar uh, DeRozan, he signed with the Bulls. Carmelo Anthony signs with the Lakers. Uh, Andre Drummond signed with the 76ers. All right. What else we got, Yeezy? All right. Well, let's talk about New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. Now, the attorney general's investigation into sexual harassment allegations against him found that he did sexually harass multiple women. They did announce this yesterday. They said he harassed current and former state employees, as well as a number of women outside of state government. The office did release a lengthy report on the investigation. They said he engaged in unwelcome and non-consensual touching and made comments of a suggestive sexual nature. And it also created a hostile work environment for women. Now, Cuomo has denied these sexual harassment claims. Here's what he said. I want you to know directly from me that I never touched anyone inappropriately or made inappropriate sexual advances. I am 63 years old. I've lived my entire adult life in public view. That is just not who I am. They said that uh, Andrew Cuomo's behavior was not limited to members of his own staff, but extended to other state employees. There was a state trooper on his protective detail, as well as members of the public. And he also violated multiple federal and state laws with his conduct, according to the New York Attorney General, Letitia James. Uh, There are 11 women with allegations claiming harassment, and they found all 11 women to be credible. And they said their accounts have been corroborated to varying degrees. Now, here is what Cuomo has to say about there were some uh, all these pictures of him touching people's faces. And here's what he had to say in response to that unwelcome touching. The New York Times published a front page picture of me touching a woman's face at a wedding and then kissing her on the cheek. I've been making the same gesture in public all my life. I actually learned it from my mother and from my father. It is meant to convey warmth, nothing more. Indeed, there are hundreds, if not thousands of photos of me using the exact same gesture. I do it with everyone. All right. Now, Joe Biden, our president, also called on Andrew Cuomo to resign following this report that he sexually harassed 11 women. Here's what he told reporters at the White House. So will you now call on him to resign, given the investigator said the 11 women were credible? I stand by that statement. Are you now calling on him to resign? Yes. And if he doesn't resign, do you believe he should be impeached and removed from office? Let's take one thing at a time here. I think he should resign. So what do you you do if you Cuomo? Because, I mean, you know, there's, there's no precedent. Trump had allegations. He didn't step down. Biden had allegations. He didn't step down. Clinton had allegations. People don't ask him to step aside and not campaign for them. So what's the precedent? What's the standard? If he didn't do it, I wouldn't step down. I mean, Biden was in similar situations, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I just want, Almost what's identical. The, what's the standard? Well, I don't know. So here's the thing, right? They did do a whole investigation into it. They did find corroborations for these women's stories. They did say that, you know, after this investigation, that they believe that he did these things that he was accused of. So they're not just, I guess, at that point, accusations anymore. And the New York State House Speaker, Carl Hasty, who's very close with Cuomo, has also announced that they're going to quickly conclude its impeachment inquiry into the governor as well. So 
you know, people are saying, and Assembly Speaker Hasty also says he can no longer remain in office, and he says it's time to impeach him also. I just, I just wonder what's the president, what's the standard? I mean, you know, Biden apologized for his, his behavior and said he would do better moving forward. I think it was a time where Kamala Harris said she, she believed the allegations against Biden, so it's just like, what's the standard? So what would you do if you were Cuomo in this situation? Do you step down? Do they have to remove him? Like, what's the precedent? That's all I want to know. Seems like nobody really cares, honestly. You talked about four presidents and and nobody said anything. Three or four presidents. Nobody really cared, right? I just wonder what's the standard. That's all. All right. Well, in addition to these claims of sexual assault, they're also probing him over his handling of nursing home deaths during the pandemic, alleging that he botched his $5.1 million COVID-19 book deal, among other issues. And uh, so we'll see what happens with that also. All right. Well, that is your front page news. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Think about it. All these allegations, they'll still get book deals. They'll still be able to speak at colleges. They'll still be all of that. Now, now they might be able not to perform at festivals, but they'll still get all all the rest of their money. What are you talking about? (laughs) This guy is crazy. All right. When we come back, Malcolm Gladwell will be joining us. Thought leader Malcolm Malcolm Gladwell. Gladwell. He'll be here to talk about uh, his, his podcast, Revisionist History. I think they're on like season six right now. Mm-hmm. And he's got a new book he's working on that he'll be discussing with us, amongst other things. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Power 105.1. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building, Malcolm Gladwell, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank how, you. How are you, sir? I'm doing very well. How'd you make it through the pandemic, man? I was fine. I was upstate. Mm-hmm. Enjoying myself. It's pretty mild up there. It wasn't, there wasn't a lot of cases, so got a lot of work done. Did a lot of running, mm-hmm. you know. So you jumped in the podcast world. You've been yes. doing that. Been doing that. Been like, mm-hmm. been... We had a big season this, this uh, you, have you guys been following our remake of The Little Mermaid? No, I didn't listen to that one. Got I was I was caught up in the uh, the, the historically black colleges. Oh, I, yes. I, I, plan, I planned to listen to The Little Mermaid, and I thought it was in three parts. I'm like, damn, you went that deep on The Little Mermaid? <laughs> <laughs> I did. We, did, we, did more, we spent more time on The Little Mermaid than the actual like length of the movie. So the movie's 90 minutes. We did like two hours. It was like, no, that was, oh, so did you, oh, you, do you listen to my, uh, my, my HBCU, my Dillard I, I stuff? I did, I did. The hypocrisy of the college ranking uh, systems. Yeah, that yes. was, that was a fascinating listen. And it was just another example of the caste system in America mm-hmm. to me. I yeah. always wonder how they did those rankings too, because I went to Wesleyan University, right? Yeah. Oh, and so that's, fancy! Yeah, that's a small yeah. liberal arts college, <laughs> and I actually taught a class at Dillard University one time too. So it's interesting you talk about like the amount of money that when these universities have in the bank mm-hmm. is a large part of the reason why they might get why they do get a higher High ranking. ranking. It's I mean it's absolutely the case. It's like this is a system. The U.S. News College rankings is a system devised to let the rich get richer. Mm-hmm. It is. If you, the biggest, the most important part of their ranking system is what's called the reputation score. Mm -hmm. And the reputation score is simply a score that's a grade that's given by other college presidents. (laughs) So like, first of all, you know, how many, I was was interested in the story of Dillard, the Siddle HBCU in New Orleans. I was, I didn't know it was considered an Ivy League school. I'd learned that listening to the podcast. HBCU Ivy. Yeah, it's a really good school. Mm -hmm. Every college president in the country gets to grade Dillard on a scale of one to five, according to its academic excellence. Mm -hmm. How many college presidents have been to Dillard, know the slightest thing about Dillard, have met somebody who went to Dillard? I mean, it's this crazy system where we let people just... So basically what they do when they get these grades is they just award the schools 
that have the biggest name recognition, the most money in the bank, yeah. and you know the the fanciest dorms and the biggest endowments and the the the, the most famous alumni. That's not you a said winner. rich students too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Another big thing is the graduation rate, and they fail to take into account that if you're a school like Dillard and you have average family income of someone at Dillard's thirty thousand dollars a year, they're they're drawing from disadvantaged communities. It's really hard. You can't have 95% graduation rate mm-hmm. when you're coming from a family where if your mom loses her job, you got to go home and help out. Mm-hmm. Right. Or when your dad gets sick, you can't. they can no longer afford your tuition. You know, we're punishing schools for trying to serve communities um, that aren't wealthy, mm-hmm. which is crazy, right? Why are they doing that? This just this drives me absolutely crazy. The amount of weight we give to these random ranking systems that are uh, completely inconsistent with our values, with what we care about as people. What does the ranking system even mean, though? Like, what, you know, like, if you're like, okay, my school is ranked this on the list, like, what does that really mean in the real world? It makes it easier for the school to raise money. It's all about money. Mm -hmm. It's only about money. These, all these things, if I can go, if I'm the president of a school that's ranked fourth on the U.S. News rankings, I can go to the big donor and say, wow, you know, look at me, you know, you can give money to one of the top schools in the country. Which brings up this interesting point, which always drives me crazy. If you're a really rich dude, why would you give your money to the a school that already has money? Right. It's the craziest thing. <laughs> you should you should look at the school. Like I once did a big podcast uh, episode on this billionaire uh, financier in New York who gave $500 million to Harvard, which has $40 billion in the bank. Why would you give... Half a billion dollars to a school that already has forty billion. Who we does too that? Much money already. It's like it's like it's like walking into the Gucci boutique and just saying, "Guys, here's I got a couple thousand dollars. I think you might need it to tide you through these difficult times." <laughs> Nobody does that, right? right? I think there's a lot of rich people in this country. I think are are they're, they're crazy. Now, now, how did how did U.S. News and World report end up owning the college ranking space? By chance. I mean, they started doing it as a promotional gimmick in the '80s. And it caught on. The thing about rankings is whenever you do a ranking of anything, people fall in love with it, right? <laughs> Everyone likes it. The Forbes list. We love the Forbes list. <laughs> we all, if somebody did a list of the top like morning radio shows and you guys were ranked number one, you would absolutely say, hey, we're ranked number one. It would be 172 one, right? on that list. Yeah. Yeah, like, we can't help ourselves, even though, even if I told you that the 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 logic behind putting Breakfast Club number one was like full of holes. You would say, yeah, but still. And you'd Wait put- a minute, there's no holes here. All right, <laughs> the source has been ranking us number one for about five years. But now. I believe that. Right. <laughs> but, but you know, it's money though, because you know if you look at where you live at, right? Yeah. It's based off of what the schools are ranked at. So if you're in a district where a school is ranked top five, let's say in the state. Mm-hmm. You know that your taxes are going to be higher. You know that the houses in that area are going to cost more money. Mm-hmm. So it's based. It's a number game that yeah. that plays with money. You know. Yeah, it's. All, I mean, these things. This the the whole question of higher education, education in general in this country, has somehow been perverted into something that is all about um, how much money you can you can assemble. We think what a good school is is a school that has the most money in the bank and spends the most money on um, on educating students, and that's not. It's not about how much money you spend. It's about the culture you create. That's what makes a great school. You think they would take the rankings away since it hurts so many HBCUs? They should. I mean, at the end of one of my of uh, my podcast on this, I said, you know, I think it's time for students at some of the schools that are being privileged by these rankings, the ones at the top, 
that are, I think, unfairly at the top, but say no more. Mm-hmm. Kids need to stand up and say, we are being unfairly privileged by a ranking system that's just set up to make schools like us succeed and schools that don't educate wealthy kids fail. And it is wrong for us to be participants in such a system. That'll never happen. Like, why would people give up their privilege in America? They also may not be aware of it, though, because this is not something that I knew how these rankings were. I just would read the list when it comes out and be like, okay, I never thought about what goes into making this list. No, I think they're aware. But Charlamagne, but this is interesting. Why wouldn't, why is it so hard for people to give up their privilege? I don't know, because I say it on the radio all the time. I would, I want white people to use their privilege to combat prejudice. You, you know, if you're going, if you're, you, we know you have privilege. Mm-hmm. So it's not like something you can just put on the table and say, here, I don't want it anymore. But at least you use it to combat the prejudice that exists in yeah. our society. And I agree that it's never going to happen, that these kids at these elite schools are going to say, no, no more, let's, we're dropping out. But I, I'm puzzled by why it's so difficult for people who already have everything. I think it's hard for some people to even admit that they have privilege because yeah. if they admit that they have privilege and they feel like maybe I'm inferior and I'm not getting what I'm getting just because I'm good or talented, I think that's why, first you have to admit that you even have privilege, I don't think they which care. I think is hard to do. But I don't yeah. think they care. I went to a predominantly white high school, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't care. It was the blacks stayed at the black table. The blacks parked where the blacks parked. The blacks played basketball on this field. I don't and like how you say the blacks. I that's, it was. I, that's what it was. It was, it was, the, it was, the, Italians, it was the Italians on this on one side, the Asians on one side, and, and all the African-American, all the black yeah. people on the other side. But that's what it was. Nobody cared yeah. until it was basketball game time. Other than that, nobody cared until I went to an HBCU and then it was a different field. Is that why you went? Um. Yeah. 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 I, I would have went to HBCU yeah. regardless. All right, we got more with author Malcolm Gladwell. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Malcolm Gladwell. Charlemagne? Yo, how do you think rich white kids could, could benefit, you know, from attending a HBCU, but also benefit the HBCU by attending? Mm-hmm. In a really positive way. But how I would like it make it, the rankings of the HBCUs go? Oh, That's oh. What I mean. You know, the biggest part of the rankings is the reputations. Mm-hmm. So a college president um, gets to rank all the other colleges in the country on a scale of one to five. If they see a lot of rich white kids at a school, they just assume it's a good school and they give it a five. Mm-hmm. If they see a lot of black kids at a school, they assume it's a poor school and they give it a two, right? So I was joking in my podcast by saying, look, if a school like Dillard all of a sudden had lots of white students, they <laughs> they get a better reputation score because people would see, oh, there's, there's rich white kids there. Wow. Let's give them a higher. It's literally that. It's it is. I am not being. I'm not being sarcastic or ironic here. It this is exactly the way it works. So, question: Like, let's just say in the future, like Mm -hmm. you know, all of these, you know, black people who have wealth now and their kids are rich and they start going to these HBCUs. Will Mm -hmm. that make the reputation score go up, or it doesn't matter that they're rich; they're still black. Depends how strong you think this kind of racism still is in this country. Yeah. Right. Is it possible for a lot of wealthy, you know, white college presidents to look at a school that educates black people and think it's a quality institution? I mean, are you, how how optimistic are you, Sean? Not none. Does curriculum, does curriculum matter at all? <laughs> no, not in these rankings. It no. should. Listen, I mean, that's not what they're interested. That's not what the game's about, right? Like, wow. Now, what, what was your interest in looking into HBCUs? Because a couple of reasons. Um, one is I'm, you know, I have this ongoing fascination with how screwed up American higher education is. So I started out by saying, you know, when I talk to uh, P 
people who went to HBCUs, they say exactly what you said. Mm -hmm. They had this overwhelmingly positive experience. And then I looked on the US News rankings and I saw that these schools are at the bottom, right? So my first question was, how is it a school can do such a good job educating its students that they come away saying that was one of the most important experiences of my life and simultaneously be ranked at the bottom, right? right. Those two things don't, there's something wrong with mm -hmm. that. So that was one reason I wanted to, uh, to look at it, to kind of resolve that, uh, that contradiction, right? If, uh, surely if the students who attend a school love their experience, that means the school must be good. Like that's mm -hmm. just about the most important thing that matters. Um, but more than that, um, the more subtle ways in which discrimination persists in this country, that, you know, it's, uh, I think what's been happening over the last couple of years is that we're finally, uh, as a country, waking up to the fact that there are layers upon layers upon layers upon layers of discrimination mm -hmm. um, in all manner of different realms. You know, we got a, a spotlight finally on police violence last summer. But, I mean, that's been true for a couple Ever. hundred years, mm -hmm. right? But, it, like, it takes a long time for people to focus on it and to start to peel away the layers and say, you know, it doesn't solve the problem if you just hire a couple of black police officers, you know, or... You have to look closely, and it, that's why I want to look at the U.S. News thing, because that was an example of a highly discriminatory mm -hmm. practice that persists because people don't understand the assumptions that drive it. So that's a kind of, I think you have to be actively engaged in um, peeling back more and more layers of this onion. You can't stop and say we're done. That's the thing that always drives me crazy is people who stop and say we're done. You've got to keep working at it. What what flaws and I want everybody to go listen to the you know the Project Dillard podcast of revisionist history. But what flaws in the algorithm cause historically black colleges to, to, to rank so low? A couple, well, the two that we've talked about are the critical ones. The three, one is that there are a number of different ways in which your ranking as a school depends upon how much money you have, mm -hmm. um, and you know schools that serve a predominantly African American population are going to have less money than you know Ivy League schools. Right? Just look, a school like Dillard's got a endowment of $100 million. Harvard's got 40-some-odd billion, right? So you get penalized for that. Two, you get penalized for uh, lower graduation rates. And graduation rates are not a function of how good a job the school is doing at educating students. They are a function of the economic circumstances of the students. If you choose to educate students from poorer backgrounds, you will not have a 95% graduation rate. It's not going to happen, right? So that algorithm rewards you for having a high graduation rate, which means it rewards you for educating the kind of kids who can afford to stay for four years and not have any kind of family troubles or whatever, who aren't working. Like if you talk to a kid at, I was talking to kids at Dillard, you just ask them, do you have a part-time job? Some of them have two part-time jobs. Mm -hmm. Do you know how hard it is? You guys, I mean, you know how hard it is mm -hmm. to stay in school if you, you're leaving every day at three o'clock to work on one of your two jobs and you're working all weekends. You can't do your homework. You That's can't right. do, you know, how many kids at, you know, Princeton have got part full, you know, got part-time jobs when they don't, right? So that fact alone, it's a lot easier to graduate 95% of your students if none of them have part-time jobs. And There's you can them. do those uh, right. free internships too when your family has money exactly. and you can travel and go if you live somewhere else. You know, go to another city to be yeah. able to do an internship, whereas if you don't have that advantage or that privilege, you have to get a paid job in the summer doing whatever you can. Yeah, it's we're not. So these rankings are not acknowledging mm -hmm. the reality of kids from uh, less privileged backgrounds, black or white, 
right? It's like it is a struggle to afford your tuition and stay in school if you're in the bottom half. It is easy if you're in the top half, right? So you don't give points to a school just for enrolling all the easy kids, Mm -hmm. right? This is the thing that drives me nuts. If you're educating a bunch of kids who went to the finest high schools in the country and you you have, you know, a ton of resources at your disposal and on and on and on, your job is really, really easy. It's not that hard, right? Like the, the I mean, it's like you shouldn't be. We shouldn't be patting you on the back, mm-hmm. right? For that, we do this so many times. It's like we pat people on the back for like, you know, catering to rich people. I'm sorry. It's like that's the easiest thing in the world. Even the choosing thing. where you're gonna go to school, sometimes you have to choose maybe a school that is offering you. Uh, financial support as opposed to a school that maybe you wanted to go there yeah. but it's too expensive. Yeah. Yeah. It's just amazing to me how America finds a way to throw a middle finger to the poor on every level. Yeah. Every level. Yeah. Now, now, now if the algorithm affects the ranking of HBCUs is it affecting the ranking of good predominantly white institutions that are that are popular? It will. The algorithm will penalize any school that chooses to educate kids from less privileged backgrounds. And any school that doesn't have a lot of money in the bank and any school that doesn't meet the kind of conventional definition of a high prestige school. Mm -hmm. So a school that doesn't look nice, have famous alumni, all those kinds of things. So, yeah, a lot of other a lot of of predominantly white institutions get penalized as well. Um, But I think the penalty falls heaviest on HBCUs that are choosing to their students from some of these less privileged backgrounds. And do these white institutions really suck? You know what I mean? <laughs> they just got high rankings because of who go there? Like, do they really who knows? suck? The Dude, we're not judging these schools on whether yeah. they're actually doing a good job at mm-hmm. providing an education. We're just judging them on how much money That's they have. That's crazy. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, no, it's, it Shouldn't is. it be about education? It should be. Yeah, yeah it's not. All right, we got more with author Malcolm Gladwell. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Malcolm Gladwell. Charlemagne? And what do you think can be done to make HBCUs more appealing? We have to get rid of the ranking system. I think we have to, and I think HBCUs are starting to do this. They have to explain to people what they're doing and what makes them special. There is a real flourishing right now of... I think of HBCUs on a, a number of, you know, prominent people, you know, Kenya Bears, who I was, who uh, whose shows I love. He loves you, by the way. Yeah. I, know, I love Kenya. He said he did, he, he's a genius. I'm sorry. He's a, he's, a, he's a genius. He's a genius. He I think he's a genius. He he's said he cares about what you think so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you see did you read that? Yeah. No, 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 he I'm said not, he cares I, what you I, think. I, so much. Feeling is mutual with him, but there's a whole. You know this. There's a whole class of really prominent people in this country who have come out of that. This is an opportunity for HBCUs to stand up and say, you know, we're doing something different and something special and providing uh, an educational environment and a culture that is not available elsewhere in the in the higher ed school system. And if they can make that argument um, powerfully and publicly, I think there's going to be there will be a shift. You know, people will, it's starting to happen. People are starting to give money to these schools. They're starting to get the recognition they deserve. Yeah, yeah Kenya gave a million. I forgot who Kenya, he gave a million to one HBCU. Yeah, he went to, he went to one of the Atlanta schools. He went to, not Clark. Did he go to Clark or he went to? I don't remember. Yeah, he went to one of those in the, you know, the Morehouse, yeah, Spelman. Yeah, only about Morehouse, Clark, and Spelman in that area. Yeah, yeah. Now let me ask you a question. You think with everything that's going on with, with uh, the fact that players 
have to go to college for one year to go mm-hmm. into the league. You think that's going to affect any of this at all? Because now, you know, you know, colleges are built on sports. And now the fact that these players might not have to go to college anymore, yeah. that means that money is <clears> not going to be there anymore. They can't rape those artists and just make money off of them. They can go to the G League immediately, get $500,000. Mm-hmm. You think that will affect ranking at all? That's really interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Um, I mean, it creates a problem for schools that have, you know, think of a school like Duke, which, you know, used to be a kind of forgotten school in the South. Now is considered to be one of the crown jewels of American higher ed. They all, Part of that was built around their basketball, basketball. success, right? So, mm. you know, when basketball doesn't matter at a school like Duke, what happens to Duke? I don't know the answer to that question. I, I, I mean... It's really an interesting thought. I mean, maybe basketball means something at these schools. Maybe it's all like four-year kids, and the quality of the play is a little less, but we get to enjoy it in a different way. I don't. I don't think the. G, I, I'm sort of. I'm in favor of the of these changes in the G League in particular. I think maybe it's time to separate the elite players from everybody else and just enjoy college that basketball for what that, it is. You know, HBCUs do a lot better as far as ranking and, and kids wanting to go. If like let's say let's say you're a star basketball player, you play high school, you know that if you go to an HBCU, nine times out of ten, people are not going to see you. Yeah, it's not going to be on television. That's right. It's not yeah. going to be aired. So you go to a school like Duke or, or Florida, and you know you will get that airtime that can mm-hmm. possibly get a look that can get you into the league. So yeah, until they change that and we find a way to change that, maybe BET airing some of the HBCU games, mm-hmm. I, I think we'll always have that problem. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean imagine if like Kevin Durant had gone to. Morehouse instead of Texas. I mean, like that's that would have, that would really have changed uh, the national equation. I sort of think. I mean, I, you only, Kevin Durant's proof. You only need Kevin. You don't need anybody else. If he, if he went, so it doesn't matter. Just give him four other guys, and he's fine. <laughs> By the way, if these guys are only going to go to college for a year, go to an HBCU. Now you can make money off your jersey and stuff like that. Like it would shoot through and, the roof. And, but more than that, and you could have an experience, an important mm-hmm. experience, a real educational experience. And, and maybe go back and finish your, your degree when you're done playing. Yeah, uh, this, this is like my last question on the HBCUs, but aside from the ranking list, how do you think people view HBCUs on the grand scale in America? Mm-hmm. Well, there's a difference between the way they were viewed historically, because remember their, their roots are in a period where, uh, where these schools were, were segregated. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they were, they, they were, they started as kind of ulcerans where, uh, where African Americans went because they couldn't go to other schools. Not mm-hmm. ulcerans is the wrong word, but that's the way white people viewed them, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think that, like I said before, I think that attitude is now changing and people are becoming more and more aware of what is special and powerful about the experience of going to these schools. Um, and I think people are, the other thing is we're getting, I hopefully think we're getting away from a model which says um, that there's that there's a kind of one size fits all notion of, quality right that it's you know the, the my real problem with rankings is it assumes that that you can say that one school is number one and one school is number two and that holds true for anyone who wants to go to those schools mm-hmm. it's not true right right we've got to go back to an idea that says there ought to be 50 different kinds of schools that serve 50 different kinds of students that have 50 different kinds of cultures and you need to find the one that matches what's good for you mm. I wanted to ask you about uh, books real quick. Is it even worth putting out hardcover books anymore? Because I look at the numbers you did for Talking to Strangers mm-hmm. audio-wise. <laughs> is it even worth it? Not for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you should be you should be doing these kinds of... I mean, you already have an audience that wants to hear you, that listen to you, mm-hmm. right? That's used to listening to you, that 
and and you have uh you know things to say i mean i think for if you're if you were writing a you know a history of the roman republic i would say that's a hardcover book mm-hmm. um but if the stuff you want to talk about and given your position i think an audio you're you should be an audio first person mm. i Absolutely. prefer books all the time but. yeah but you would listen to an audio book i think i honestly Wait, i can't believe she's like no, I mean, no, I mean, I mean that's business-wise, you're absolutely I, right. I also like how books look. Like, I, to yeah. me, books kind of look like art. Because I have libraries in every room in my house. Like, I have bookshelves mm-hmm. and everything. And I collect books like art, you know? And I like to have them, and I like to get them, like, signed and keep them like that. And I also read more than I listen to audiobooks. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, at this point, I'm audiobooks all day. I think it depends on the story you want to tell. Like, the story I was telling about this book I want to do on, a, on Tom Bradley in Los Angeles... I want to do what we call an enhanced audiobook because I want you to hear all these people. Mm. I want you to, you know, I want you to hear Tom Bradley. I want you to hear Daryl Gates. I want you to hear the emotion in people's voices. I was interviewing this guy last week and he was talking about um, what the LAPD used to call the prone position. You know, they would pull you over and, you know, for some random offense and they would tell you to get prone. And that meant that you would, you had to lie down on the, uh, face first on the tarmac with your hands out and your legs spread, right? And as he was talking about it, there was real emotion in his voice as he remembered this humiliating experience that happened to him as a kid. That's important to me. I want, when I'm doing this book and I'm describing what the LAPD was doing in those years, it is important to me that you hear the testimony of someone in their own voice mm. and that you hear how he is now a, this guy's a, this is 30 years ago, he's a grown man, he's a successful man, gone off. And when he remembers what happened to him when he was 18 on some street in South Central, he gets emotional, right? And you need to hear that emotion. Right. That's why I want to do an audiobook. I can do it on the page, but it doesn't pack the same. And you can, if you're someone who has no experience of what it meant, like what it was like being an 18 year old African American in 1975 yeah. in South Central, you can turn the page easily and doesn't register. But if you hear his voice and you hear how it still stings. It holds you. So is this going, it's going to be for Audible, the Tom Bradley Yeah, book? it's going to be an audiobook, yeah. For, for Audible or just, or for, just Audible? Well, we'll also release it probably on our own. We have our I know, our own direct uh, download uh, at Pushkin that we uh, release our audiobooks. But yeah, it'll be in both places. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Wow, we appreciate you for joining us. Thank you so much. Always, man. Always fun. Always a pleasure Thank hearing you from you. Malcolm yeah. Gladwell, it's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. It's about time. What's going on? Rumor Report. Rumor Report. This is the Rumor Report. Talk to him. With Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Well, as you should know by now, Simone Biles withdrew from four individual finals in the Olympics. Uh, all around, vault floor and uneven bars, and she said she had mental health concerns and the, and the twisties, which is when you lose your sense of awareness in the air. Now, she did return, and she did uh, win a medal in the balance beam final yesterday, and she said she did that for herself. I just felt like I wanted to do this for me. Um, I really wasn't medically cleared to do the other events that I had qualified into, so tonight I just wanted to get up there, have fun, do my beam routine, and then just see what happens. Now, what people didn't know was that her aunt had also passed. So it was her aunt's unexpected wow. death that she was going through wow. during the Olympics. So you never know while people are being mean on social media and saying all kinds of things. Mentally, you don't know what someone's going through. And she does want to keep that conversation going. Right. 
I definitely think we're on the right road for a different path and the next generations you can already see it they have some different rules in place for basically everything now um, so we just have to keep them held responsible and just move on and do you want to continue to be part of those conversations I think so I think it's helpful especially having somebody that's gone through it and knows she also said she chose to compete on the balance beam. She said she didn't have to twist or do anything, so uh, it was very much at less risk because she had a, a different dismount also. I respect it. Your mental health is non-negotiable. And, you know, I respect the fact that she's 25 years old and she has that education and that language in regards to mental health because I'm 43 and I'm just comfortable telling people, no, I'm not coming because of the way my anxiety is set up. Okay? All right, now let's discuss Sean King. Now, he is moving out of his new house. Because wow. of backlash. You know, there was a whole story what? about how he bought this house in North Brunswick, New Jersey, which is worth reportedly $842,000. He moved into this home earlier this year. But now uh, it, a lot of people are showing up at his house because the media has plastered their address all over. The New York Post. Mm-hmm. Which is which is crazy. Mm -hmm. So he posted, Today I've had to make a heartbreaking decision after a combination of Fox News, the New York Post, and other outlets posting pictures of my home across the Internet. We've now seen our address posted all over the Internet. Strangers have started coming by the house. My kids can't go outside and play during the final month of summer break, so we're moving. I suppose it might always be this way. I don't know. My wife bought this home her first after working her ass off for over 20 years. It took her nearly a year to even be able to purchase it. It was a quiet and peaceful refuge for her, for our five kids, for our dogs and our mothers, and it wasn't excessive. Again, she got a literal FHA loan to purchase it. I'm not even on the loan, but now we're not safe and we'll never be safe here again. I don't care how you so feel about foul. Sean King. That's foul. You know That's what I mean? Foul. Because your home is your sanctuary. That man got a whole family. That man got kids. There's nobody that would want that to happen to them. Somebody and you don't, know how he, you don't know how he got his money, how long they've been saving, what they do. You don't want that on anybody. And, Sean, if you're listening, you reach out to, to me and Charlemagne, and we'll show you how to do it the, the, the right way where your name doesn't pop up too, brother. No, 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 no. Why, why, why you putting my name in this? Because you said, tell me what you got planned. Because uh, I, I know he knows you. I know he knows you. That's oh, you mean to have him reach out to me to... Pass them to you, but just yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay, okay. You don't mean to eat Calm your ass down. This is hard because once a delivery person sees where you live, once yes. anything, it's you know. That's your whole family. He got to up and move because people put his address out there, and it's already not safe for him. You know what that's I mean? That's crazy. Like you got you don't that's, you don't do that to people, bro. He said but he I see sat those. endorsing his wife crying multiple times this week over the devastation of it all. He said, "Shame on every black man and woman who shared it with glee. Shame on you for what you've done to them." But I seen all those reports about the the amount the the price of the house and how's he making the money? Where's he getting that money from? You don't know what that man does outside of of his political. Well, stuff he also said his stuff. wife did it. He's not even on the loan. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. His you wife don't know had, what they do. His wife has been an educator for a long time. Absolutely. She got a loan, and the house is what eight hundred thousand dollars. Eight forty two. So how much is that? What kind of down payment is that? Well, he had to put an FHA loan. So FHA loan is either three or three point five percent. So if you think about it, that's about thirty five thousand dollars he had to put down out of pocket. On, his mortgage is about probably four or five thousand dollars a month. Come on, man. And between both of these, they they make it. I'm, I'm sure. That man got a book deal. Yes. She's an educator. Like stop, yes. man. Now that's messed up. That's foul. All right. That is. Now, so we do wish them the best though, because we don't wish that on anybody's family. One hundred percent. Not at all. And 100%. if people do need to be more responsible, if you don't like somebody, great, but you don't have to be posting their home and their address and endangering their families. And what if the, what if the, the person who posted that in the New York Post, what if somebody posted their address online like that and people started showing up to their house and threatening them, how would they feel? 
All right. Now, T.I. was arrested in Amsterdam and he explained what happened. He explained the situation. He and his wife, Tiny, were in Italy celebrating their 11th wedding anniversary. And I guess at some point they stopped in Amsterdam while they were in Europe. He said he didn't get handcuffed or searched, but instead they asked him to get in the back of their car. So I'm locked up now. Uh, I'm obviously not supposed to have my phone as I'm biking. And because the policeman ran into me and broke his uh, rear view and because they don't, I didn't have my passport on me. I don't know. It'll be fine. All right. So, T, I was biking? <laughs> yeah. You know, in Amsterdam, they bike everywhere. As a matter of fact, one time I was in Amsterdam and the cab I was in hit somebody on a bike and they're so polite there. The guy on the bike that was laying on the ground and he was like, go ahead and take them where they have to go and I'll just wait here. You know, that wouldn't wow. happen. But they bike everywhere and they've been doing that. Is that because they high? I, I don't know, maybe. Are they so ni- nice because they're high? Get a, yeah, maybe. Mm. <laughs> all right, now, Boosie's second Instagram account has been deactivated, and that's all because of some things that he said on social media. And he went and put up another one again already, so you have to um, follow him on his new page if you want to. He has, like, three pages now that you can go to. They, I think he posts, like, the same stuff on all of so them. So now he's got at He's Back Again 2021. Yeah, I think he's been at that one. I think he's been at that one. And he said he's getting bullied. He said, you can't even say the word now <laughs> unless you're uplifting it. You know, the opposite of straight. Yeah, that one. They don't took my doggish again. So, yeah, he's got another. I mean, you can say that word. You just can't, you know, threaten to beat beat people from, from that community up. He did say he wanted to pull Lil Nas X off stage and put hands on him. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think that's going to fly on Instagram. Nope. He also <laughs> added Maseri from Instagram and told him that he's a bitch. Boosie, that's not gonna work. That's not like, gonna work. You can't, you can't call the head of Instagram the B word and then wonder why your page is getting taken down, Boosie. Like, nah, that's, not, that's not how any of this works. That's nah, not gonna work, Boosie. All right, well, that is your rumor report. <laughs> All right, thank you, Missy. Charlemagne, who are you giving that donkey to? Uh, Max B, Max Berry. He needs to come to the front of the congregation. We'd like to have a word with him. All right, we'll get mm-hmm. into that next. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. New stories, new secrets, new episodes. The groundbreaking music documentary series Behind the Music is back. Exclusively on Paramount Plus, spotlighting new and legacy artists reliving the biggest moments of their journeys. Stream it exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Don't be out here acting like a donkey. Hee-haw, bitch. Yeah. It's time for Donkey of the Day. I'm a big boy. I can take it. If he feel I deserve it, ain't no big deal. I know Charlamagne guy gonna have some funny sleep out of his mouth. Just because I say something you may not agree with doesn't mean I'm mean. Who's getting that donkey? That donkey. That don't, 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 don't. Donkey of the Day right there. <laughs> the, the Breakfast Club, bitches. You can call me the Donkey of the Day, but like, I mean no harm. Well, Donkey of the Day for Wednesday, August 4th, goes to a 22-year-old man named Max Berry. Very important to note that Max is a formal, former Ohio Wesleyan University student. Actually, it's not important to note, but it's the first line of this news report I'm reading on WBNS News Channel 10 Miami. And it's clear why that's the first line, but we'll get to that. 
Max Berry was arrested for wilding out on the plane. Now, Max is absolutely one of those people who could have been on stage at Versus last night because he likes to fight. All right? He's a wild boy. Like 1990, early 2000s levels of problematic hip-hop wild. Okay? Wild out by the locks is probably always playing on a loop in Max Berry's head. And Max Berry was on a Frontier Airlines flight. Only reason I'm naming the airline is because I have to let listeners know where it's going down at in case you want to avoid or prepare for any problems. See, if you know where it's going down at you can make executive decisions to a not show up or b be prepared to fight okay you gotta dress a certain way just in case you gotta fight you saw how the locks were dressed last night minus a little bit of jewelry on kiss they were ready for battle and when you hear stories like max barry you need to be prepared for battle on frontier airlines too okay now max was on a flight from philly to miami i can't blame this one on florida because he's from ohio but i have a feeling you know, just like you have to prepare for battles, Max was preparing for Florida, so he was getting into his Florida fool zone. See, some people don't wait to get to Florida to act a damn fool. They turn into fools before they get to Florida. Sometimes you have to put the whole armor of a Florida fool on to prepare for Florida and just know that God takes care of babies and fools. Wait, I'm getting a download. What'd you say, God? Oh, don't bring you into this when it comes to Florida? Oh, Satan got a kingdom too? Oh, my bad. All praises due to God who just informed me. Uh, I have nothing to do with this. Now, Max Berry, what did he do? Let's go to WPLG ABC 10 for the report, please. This video showing a violent confrontation between a flight attendant and passenger during a flight from Philadelphia to Miami. Moments later, the flight attendant restrained the passenger with a seatbelt extender and duct taped him to his seat. The unruly passenger, identified as 22-year-old Maxwell Berry, started with a profanity-laced tirade against a flight attendant. Miami-Dade police say Berry had a few alcoholic drinks, then groped the breasts of two female flight attendants and punched a male flight attendant, prompting crew members to subdue him. The flight attendants involved have been relieved of flying duty during the investigation. As far as the suspect, he was arrested and charged with battery after he landed here at Miami International Airport. Max brushed. Yeah, that, that news report was kind of cute. You know what I'm saying? It didn't give the details I, I, I wanted, okay? But, 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 but Max brushed an empty cup against the attendant's backside. The attendant told Max not to touch them. And then Maxwell spilled his drink on his shirt, went to the restroom. Then Maxwell Barry groped a flight attendant's breast. Then the report says Barry walked up behind two flight attendants, put his arms around them, and groped their breasts again. So the flight attendants asked another flight attendant to watch Maxwell Barry, and then Maxwell Barry punched that flight attendant in the face. Okay? <laughs> the news report could have easily painted this kid out to be an unruly thug who not only sexually assaulted women by groping them, he actually assaulted a flight attendant by trying to fight him, actually punched him. Okay? Instead, news reports point out that he went to college. And that report we heard from ABC 10 WPLG didn't, you know, make it sound like he was committing actual crimes. They treating him the way they treating the domestic terrorists who stormed the Capitol on January 6th. Just my daily reminder that there was an attempted coup on this country on January 6th, and they treated it like a bunch of kids while not on spring break, just like they treating Max Berry now. Would you like to hear how Max Berry sounded before he punched the flight attendant? By the way, I don't know if the flight attendant was male or female, but listen. Hi, parents. The entitlement, the privilege, 
We don't even have to play a game of guess what race it is, okay? The caucasity of Maxwell Barry. I hate a do you know who I am type of person. And I hate a do you know who my parents are type of person even more, okay? Now, I respect my elders, and I'm a more healed version of myself. But if someone told Max, F your grandma in that moment, I can understand. Okay, now that it's clear that his parents are somebody, though, because you can tell how these, you know, news reporters are reporting this story. Like they even spoke to a spokesperson for Ohio Wesleyan University who said Maxwell Berry was a former student who graduated in May and mem and he was a member of the school's golf team. So what? Okay, they put all of this in the news report as if it matters to the story. You know why they did that? To justify this fact that the FBI was contacted and said they are not going to pursue federal charges against Barry. Once again, no need to play a game with guess what race it is. And his parents really must be somebody because if you grope two flight attendants, punch another one, have to be restrained on a plane by being duct taped to the seat, most of us would probably be banned from flying forever or at least suspended from flying for a long time. But not when you Max B. No, not Max B, the wave god. This Max B is the white god, okay, who clearly has the connections and complexion for protection. Kathy, would you like to, uh, well, you know what to do, Kathy. Please give this giant jar of mail the biggest hee-haw. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for that donkey of the day. Yes. All right, up next, Ask Yee. 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice or any type of advice, call Yee now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. What, 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 what you want to know? Baby mama issues? Need some words of wisdom? Call up now for Ask Yee. 800-585-1051. The Breakfast Club. Come on. Need relationship advice? Need personal advice? Just need real advice. Call up now for Ask Yee. Keep it real. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Good morning. It's time for Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? What's up? This is Carter. Carter, good morning, man. What's up, NV? Angela, I got to ask you a question, Yee. Okay. My best friend since fifth grade. She is marrying a guy. I'm in the wedding. Uh, Yee, I just found out the guy's gay. Ooh, that I ain't gonna lie, that happened myself. to me one time. But okay, so go ahead. How do you know he's what? gay for sure? I've seen the video. <laughs> oh, so there's yeah. actual video because with me, yeah, it with me, it was just a person who told me that this guy was gay, but I don't know if it's true or not. And so I was like, let me mind my business. But you was about to get married, G? No, somebody that's, I, that's I know. Like that. oh. I was like, somebody what? told me the guy was gay, but I don't know if he is. So I'm minding my business because people just say things sometimes. But you're saying you saw an actual video. Yeah, yeah. My One of my friends, who's a mutual friend, and his frat brother sent a video to me and was just like, you know your your best friend is marrying a, a, a gay, right? All right. Well, so I'm just like, I don't know what to do. I think you should talk to the guy first and give him the opportunity to talk to her because I'm sure, you know, that's a difficult one because, like, they always tell you not to out somebody if they're not ready to be outed. But marriage is such a exactly. serious thing. And you also don't know if she knows or not because this true, could this could true, be true. an old video. She could have known that he has dibbled and dabbled or that he's bisexual or whatever. So you don't know what their conversations are like. 
So exactly, that's why I wanted to mind my business at first, but I'm like, ugh. I think you should talk to him and tell him that look, this video exists. She's going to find out if she doesn't already know, and I'm going to tell her unless you do first. Okay, okay, I'll go with that. Thanks, G. Okay, no problem. All right. What if the what if the woman is full like you said? What if she's fully aware of this already? Well, then he'll be like she already. He'll tell him she already knows. But the thing is that obviously he saw the video. Other people have seen it. This Mm -hmm. is something that's circulating. So they maybe that's that's the the conversation should be. Hey, you know, I just want you to know there's a video of your man out there like this, as opposed to hey, your man's gay. Yeah, but I'm telling him he should go to her man first. And let mm. him have the conversation with her and tell him that this is what's known. And if you haven't told her or she isn't aware, you know, then we have to let her know that this is happening. Because What about if he just sends the video from a from No, the no. I think Not from his phone, her- from somebody else's phone, just so it just pops up. So she that way he knows that it is and she's not embarrassed that now somebody knows that, it, you know, if they don't want nobody to know. I think that he should let him give her the opportunity. He should give him the opportunity to have the conversation with her first if she doesn't know. Okay. That's the best way to go about it. And if he's not going to come forward and she doesn't know and she's not aware, you know, because there is video, it's one thing when it's hearsay. It's a whole other thing when there's evidence. Right. Ask ye. 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice, call her now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. There's some real advice with Angela Yee. It's Ask Ye. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're in the middle of Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? This is Brittany. Hey, Mama, what's your question for Yee? Okay, so I'm in a brand new relationship with an amazing guy. Mm-hmm. And the only issue I have is that his sex is bad. All right, so what is bad? Like, what's bad about it? Is it that his penis is small, which can't be fixed? Is it that the <laughs> rhythm is off? Is it that he can't make you orgasm? What, what's bad? His penis size is average. Okay. Uh, but he hasn't been able to make me orgasm. He's kind of selfish in bed. Have you told him? No. <laughs> well, he can't read your mind. Are you pretending to have orgasms? No, I don't pretend. Okay. So, uh, and listen, I've had experiences where when I first got with somebody, it wasn't good, but it got better as we got to know each other's bodies more because, you know, different things work differently on different people. Some guys think that what worked before will work with you. Some guys aren't used to being told, this is what I need you to do in order for you to orgasm. And things like that, when you can tell a guy what to do, it can turn him on also. And it also helps you. And so that's when it's time for you to really speak up and let him know what it is that he needs to do. I think he would receive it. I'm just, he's so sweet, I'm afraid to hurt his feelings. I don't think it has to hurt his feelings, though, because you can always give that advice in a positive way. Like, while you're doing it, you can tell him, like, real sexy, like, I really want you to do this. I love when you do that or keep doing this. Or you know what will really make me orgasm if you do this. And you just got to be real nasty and dirty about it. I like that. (laughs) And and you'll really like it when you orgasm. And he'll like it, too, because trust me, it's going to make sex better for both of you. Like you said, he's a sweet guy. If he's that sweet, he want to see you get off. That's true. He, he keeps asking, like, what can I do? And I'm like, oh, my God, I don't want her to feel it. Well, have a lot of criticism. and girl, he's asking you. So that's when you got to, you know, tell him. That's true. You're right. You're right. All right. <laughs> Get it. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. All right. Ask Yee. 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice, you can hit Yee now. Now we got rumors on the way? Yes. Let's talk about Diddy. People were questioning him having 15 roaches on his face, and he clears it up. 
All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. It's time, time, time. She's spilling the tea. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Okay, so yesterday was Black Women's Equal Pay Day, August 3rd. And that what does that mean? Well, that's the day that uh, they celebrate how black women must work into 2021 to finally catch up to what white non-Hispanic men earned in 2020. Over the last year, women have left the workforce in unprecedented numbers because of COVID-19. So they said if you are a black or brown woman, chances are things were even worse and harder for you. They said black women must work an extra 214 days to catch up with what white non-Hispanic men made in 2020 alone. Across industries, black women make... Uh, 63 cents for every dollar made by white men, according to studies. Well, with all that being said about yesterday, we also found out yesterday that Angela Bassett has led the way with a major bump to $450,000 an episode for Fox's flagship drama, flagship drama 911. So what they are saying is that they believe that is among the top salaries on network television for any actor, male or female, and it could be the highest ever for an actress of color on a broadcast drama series. So congratulations to Angela Bassett setting the standard. Queen Angela Bassett deserves it all. Overcharged them for snubbing you at the Oscars for what's love got to do with it all those years ago. Damn it. Drop on the clues bombs for Angela Bassett. The male lead on the show, Peter Krause, he gets, by the way, he got a uh, raise also. He gets in the low 300,000s per episode. Never heard of him. So while she's getting 450, that's what she's getting. She definitely deserves that. And let's also talk about Rihanna. This news just broke that she is now officially a billionaire. She's worth $1.7 billion, according to Forbes estimate. She's the wealthiest female musician in the world and second only to Oprah, as the richest female entertainer. And it's not necessarily because of her music. Clearly. The bulk of her fortune, which is an estimated $1.4 billion, comes from the value of Fenty Beauty. They said she owns 50% of that. And some of that is uh, Savage Fenty, which is worth uh, $270 million also. And then, of course, her music career. Big so. Fenty. Drop on the clues bombs for Rihanna. Y'all ain't never getting a new Rihanna album. <laughs> why, would why, you, why would she waste her time? Why would I do time? one? Exactly. Why, why would, would she waste one? her time slumming away in that damn studio? Okay. Just for fun, right? Yes, please. That's Big Fenty. <laughs> That's Big Fenty what you call her, okay? All right. Now, Diddy, let's talk about him for a second. Y'all remember when the internet was questioning how Diddy knew he had 15 roaches on his face? Mm-hmm. And people were saying, come on, now stop it. Because he had posted one day when I was growing up, I woke up and there was 15 roaches on my face. At that moment, I said, hell no, I refuse to live like this. Work hard, believe in your crazy dreams, and never settle. People really zoned in on the... 15 roaches on his face. How did you know it was 15? They didn't believe him. Well, he actually told Vanity Fair the story. One day I woke up with, with like around like 15 roaches on my face. People were like, how you know it was 15? I was like, if you had 15 roaches on your face, you would know there was around 15 roaches <laughs> on your face. And I was like, nah, man, I'm not doing that shit. that. I wish I would argue with with about how <laughs> with people about how many roaches were on my goddamn face, as if it matters. You know, you know, black people love to exaggerate. Yeah, All absolutely. I was trying to tell you was a bunch of roaches on my face. Were they water bugs or were they smaller variety of roaches? It don't matter. There's no way fifteen water bugs. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> don't you weren't there. Water bugs are like the scariest thing ever because they fly too. You were just trying to say a lot. That's yeah. all. Right? Don't you think that out of all the roaches, water bugs are the worst? 
if you had to put them on a scale? They all the same to me. Yeah, I don't even know the difference. No, yeah, there's smaller the roaches, the same. and then there's the water bugs. Because all of them fly. They got flying cockroaches, flying water bugs. It's disgusting. Especially they coast through the air, jump on you. They all getting crushed. On your face, yeah. 15 of them. You can't even kill it if it's on your face because you got to squash it on your face. You got to do what you got to do. <laughs> All right. Now, Nas has shared his track listing of King's Disease 2. Y'all know that is coming out on Friday. And featured on the album, Eminem and EPMD. EPMD 2. A Boogie. Lauren Hill. Charlie Wilson. Uh, Hit Boy is also on the album. So, yeah, should be... Exciting. Who produced it though? Is it, is it like the last King's Disease where Hit Boy produced it all? Do we know that? I, I think Hit Boy produced the majority of it. Okay. I believe that's his guy. All right, and you know, Donda's also supposed to come out on Friday, so we shall see. Uh, Showtime has dropped the trailer for that Rick James documentary, "Bitchin' the Sound and Fury," and here is that trailer. Blacks have been stigmatized into this choreograph. Two up, two up. You know. Uh. I want to write about whatever and be able to wear whatever. I want to be nasty and I want to be raw. This man was a genius. Electric. He had an attitude. The father. Draft doctor. Sexual abuse. Crazy. It gets no funkier than Rick James. Never mind who you thought I was. I'm Rick James, bitch. All right, this is also uh, directed and produced by Sasha Jenkins, right? Showtime does great documentaries. Mm-hmm. That uh, that Dick Gregory documentary is phenomenal too. And Teddy Pendergrass. Teddy Pendergrass was absolutely phenomenal. I forgot that was Showtime. Yeah, that is amazing. You know, I love that documentary. You right. was Showtime too, right? Or am I tripping? Was that? Yeah, that I think that was on Showtime also. Mm. It was like yeah, a four part series. All right, now the baby. More festivals have uh, actually uh, dropped him from from their lineups. So they said that he will no longer be performing at Austin City Limits Music Festival, also the Midtown Music Festival, the iHeartRadio Music Festival. We told you about Governor's Ball and Day in Vegas dropping him as well. Now, according to reports, they said that he lost the Lollapalooza gig because he promised to deliver a video apology. And they said his reps reached out to seven fall festival promoters to assure them that they would have that video apology ready to be played before he hit the stage. And they said it would be a heartfelt apology to the LGBTQ plus community, but it never came. They said he missed the deadline to issue that apology video, and that's what made them drop him from the lineup. So he did eventually apologize, by the way. And so we're waiting to see if this is a true report or not. All right. And that is your rumor report. All right. And salute to, salute to the locks once again, man. Yes, yeah, we got it. to, man. That versus last night, night was, was legendary. And you know they're going on tour, the locks and dip set. And so it was a lot of uh, tense moments. Do we have time to play yeah, that Yeah, let's one play it in the very beginning. Uh, there was a moment when uh, Jadakus was getting upset because Cameron kept talking over him. We in New York, right? Why these <laughs> keep rhyming over the words? Y'all could have stayed in the car and listened to Apple Music Yo, today. Yo, we know that SOP is shit. And I talk. They know what? Let talk. Let me 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 talk. Yo, why y'all doing what? I said talk. We didn't talk on your part. Shut the fuck up, dude. You on our time. Now I'm not. They talk now. You causing a distraction. Listen, listen. New York, they causing a distraction. This is hip-hop. We in the Mecca of New York. Yo, Tech, let's make something happen. Mm. It went crazy. Dropping the clues bonds for the locks. Crazy, crazy, crazy. It's a reason. I, it's a reason I only listen to the locks when I'm in the gym, or uh, you know, driving in the car, hitting the gas, because they have historically made me feel like I want to just stab somebody with something sharp. 
You know what I mean? Take a little turmeric shot or a wheatgrass shot and then stab you in the back of the neck at the base of your skull with the tail of a Jurassic Park dinosaur toy. Uh, Why is it always the back uh, of somebody? That's what I want to know. But anyway. All right. All right. Shout to Revolt. We'll see you tomorrow. Everybody else, the People's Choice is up next. The mix is up next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Hey, it's Angela Yee. Don't let weak hair hold you back. Carol's Daughter's Goddess Strength Collection supports hair as it gets longer for hair that's 15 times stronger after one use. Available at carolsdaughter.com and your local retailer. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, shout out to Malcolm Gladwell for joining us this morning. That's right. Salute to Malcolm Gladwell. Make sure you uh, check out the Revisionist History podcast. Okay, that episode about Project Dillard where he breaks down the, the HBCUs and the college rankings. Very, very interesting stuff, man. Go check that out. And yo, Salita, salute to uh, Anita Kopach. We had Anita on uh, yesterday because her novel, Shallow Waters, came out yesterday on Black Privilege Publishing. Um, the audio <clears throat> was number one on Amazon. Number one, number one bestseller on Amazon. So salute to Anita. Salute to everybody that's going out there to grab Shallow Waters. Uh, the story of Yimmy Yah. Okay? Go grab that wherever you buy books. Absolutely. All right. Well, we'll see. All right. When we come back, we got the positive notes. So don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, um, I have nine days left for my car show. That is Carcella Atlantic City. If you haven't got your tickets, get your tickets. Let me shout out to my bro, John, who uh, is one of one of the very few black NASCAR owners. He's bringing his NASCAR to the show, and they're going to have to pit crew show the kids how to change tires quickly. I uh, got a monster truck coming for the kids. So if you were a kid and grew up on monster trucks and you love monster trucks, you can see one up close and personal, take pictures. And then your favorite celebrity cars and all types of cars, amusement rides, face painters. It's a big day of family fun, so can't wait to see you guys August 14th. Get your tickets if you haven't got them as of yet. Now, Envy, have you learned how to change a tire yet? I did. I actually went to Lincoln Tech, uh, and that was one of the things for Lincoln Tech to uh, continue my sponsorship. They was like, we have to teach you how to uh, change a tire. So they actually had to teach me how to change the tire. So I'm a professional now when it comes to it. Do you know how to change oil? Don't push your luck. Okay. Do you know how to change your tampon, Envy? Don't push your luck. Don't push it in your butt. <laughs> and he clearly uses pads. I hate y'all, yo. I hate y'all. I hate y'all. Grow up, everybody. Gosh. You grow up, man. What's wrong with y'all? You grow up. And what about the men out there that really do have uh, no, no pads? What about those guys, huh? Why are you pad shaming me? What? Or pad shaming them? Men don't get their period. Some men still wear pads. Maybe they like it. I don't know. Men wear pads? Yeah. Envy does, I guess. What is Envy talking about? This is the third stupid thing Envy said this morning. That's a record. Envy said if Carmelo wins a ring with the Lakers, it's, it's like a win for the it's Knicks. a win for the Knicks. Which it's a win for the Knicks. I'm standing by that one. Yeah, yeah, that's like that's a loss one. for the Knicks. Just now he said, just now he said uh, men like to wear maxi pads for no don't reason. Shame them. I didn't say and that. Don't I shame said them. You can't, you can't shame them. You can't well, shame it was anybody. There's something else he said this morning that was silly, but I can't remember right now. <laughs> Anything else? Give us Go ahead, positive keep note. going. <laughs> the positive note keep is pushing. this. Uh, healing comes. Let's talk healing. I love talking healing. Healing comes from taking responsibility to realize that it is you and no one else that creates your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions. Breakfast club, bitches. Y'all finished or y'all done? <laughs> 